Hello, I'm Paula Jenkins, a transformative life coach and retreat leader. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that talks about the stories of people following their hearts, finding work that lights them up, and looking at how joy plays a part in their journey. To learn more about this podcast, head on over to jumpstartyourjoy.com. And if you want to find out more about me, you can go to my website at paulajenkinsonline.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 17 of Jumpstart Your Joy. For today, I have an interview with Brooke Sydney Jackson. She is the woman behind BellaandTheBabe.com, which is an amazing website full of great resources for mothers, women hoping to become mothers, and people trying to navigate the change of becoming a new mom. I love that she shares about how the change of motherhood um, affected her own life and how the change also brought about a desire to create a brand new mama love planner that she has just released this year. I'm so excited to have this episode be a continuation of the planning and getting ready for a new year series that I'm doing. So If you want to go back and listen to episode 16, there's a great heart-centered planning exercise and you can follow along. There's a worksheet that goes with it, so head on over to Jumpstart Your Joy to get that. If you want to go back and look at the show notes for this one, it'll be at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash Jackson, and it's B-R-O-O-K-E in Sydney Jackson, or you could just go to jumpstartyourjoy.com. Some other exciting news for 2016, I am going to be a mentor coach in the Courageous Coaching Training Program, and that is a huge honor. I'm so totally excited to get to meet the new coach trainees that will be entering the program when we kick off with a big retreat in January. So yay, so excited about that. And if you're looking for a certified life coach to work with on transitions, or if you're looking to make a change, navigate new waters for yourself, I would love to be a part of your journey. And I'm opening for a couple of new clients in January. So So head over to jumpstartyourjoy.com and click on the coaching tab. Fill out the little form at the bottom of that page and I will be in touch. And thank you. So now without further ado, I bring to you the interview with Brooke Sidney. So welcome to the podcast. Today we have Brooke Sidney Jackson. Welcome. Thank you. So excited to be here. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. Would you like to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Okay. So as as Paula so um, graciously introduced me, my name is Brooke Sidney, um, and I have a company called Bella and the Babe, and it's all about empowering authentic motherhood. And I'm also the creator of the brand new Mama Love Planner, which I'm so excited about. And kind of prior to really becoming what I consider an authentic and conscious mothering guide, I was an attorney and a journalist. Right now, I'm enjoying being a new mother and working for myself. Well, let's start off with what what were some of your early sparks of joy, like as a kiddo or growing up? I would say for me, I am a big reader. Mm. So growing up, I feel like a lot of my happy moments, my joy-filled moments were me actually going to a library, and this may sound silly, but in, but inhaling that wonderful smell of books. Mm. Um, <laughs> I love the smell of books. And yes. 
getting new books and reading them. Like I can remember Ramona Quimby and like all of those amazing books. Like I cannot tell you like all of the, the stories that I allowed myself to get lost in. And this continued, I think all throughout, even high school, I really just enjoyed like snuggling up with a really good book. I would also say I'm a, I'm a big friend girl. Um, I have, I have a lot of people that I've told me now as I've gotten older that I'm what you would call a connector. Mm, yeah. I didn't really, I didn't know there was a word for this, but <laughs> I really enjoy um, spending time with girlfriends. I really enjoy being around other like-minded, fun women, um, women that are enjoying their lives, having fun, personality. It's so inspiring. I have a couple of girlfriends that I truly feel um, inspire me and to be my best self. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would probably say now, like my spark of joy, honestly, is my son, but yeah, books, friendships, and my son and being a mother, I think those are my sparks of joy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love the connector thing. I don't remember who kind of, <laughs> I feel like there's, there's some book out there that I should know about that like lists out, you know, connector or I wish I knew what I'm going to have to look this up and I'll put yeah, it in the show notes. Let but. me know because um, I've been told that by a couple of people and I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Isn't it funny how when there's a new little person, how everything just changes? <laughs> it does. Everything completely changes. And I think as mothers, and I, I use the word mama because I love that word and that's what my son calls me. But mm-hmm. I feel like as mamas, our world just completely changes and it's something that even the best of us cannot truly and fully prepare ourselves for. So I like how you've said that. Yes. You made a pretty big decision. I mean, from the outside, it seems, but to transition from, from journalism to then being a lawyer and now an entrepreneur, was there a moment in there or an incident that made you realize that your, your heart had changed or that you wanted to go a different route? Well, yeah, there, there, there's been like, I guess, a couple of pivotal, pivotal moments. I think that I am a writer by nature. Like I mm-hmm. am, I'm a writer and I'm a journalist. And I, as I said, I love all things, books and media. And that was, that's kind of a, a consistent, a consistent theme throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a long time, to be completely honest, I denied that theme. I, um, I felt pressure um, by my parents to do something responsible, <laughs> you know, to, to do something big. And, 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 you know, it was always like, you're so smart. And I thought you wanted to be a lawyer. So I became a lawyer. I kind of gave up a little bit, I would say. And this is one of the things that I tell other women and, and people that I speak with to hold tight to your dreams because although I love being a lawyer and I am, I am so thankful for that education because I had a, I had a great experience and I still do legal work part-time. I, I help out. I, I help out a lot. My background is in environmental law. So I worked for the environmental protection agency. So I can honestly say I fought the good fight. I'm not an attorney who feels bad about the work that they did. And I thank God for, for having those type of experiences and the type of work that I did. But I would say my love is learning people's stories, 
connecting people, writing those stories, working with those stories and encouraging people. And before the, this latest transition, as a journalist, that's what I that's what I love doing. I love connecting with people and talking about their stories, sharing things that I thought were important or were important to them. And so now as like an authentic and an authentic mothering guide, I say guide and not coach, but guide, it's really helping women piece together their own story and creating new chapters in their life, especially with the pivotal point of becoming a mother and helping them figure out what it means for them and not what society or family well-meaning or friends have it mean for us. And so although it could seem from the outside looking in like, wow, that's a big departure. For me, it has been kind of just an organic outgrowth of where my passions lie and the things that I care about. And then as I was meeting different women along my way. But I will say that I always knew when I had a child, if I had a child, that's another whole big thing, but I knew mm-hmm. it, I knew that if I had a child, I wanted to be home for a while. Like I wanted to be home in the formative years. Yeah. Um, and I knew that being an attorney would make that difficult. And my husband has a very challenging job as well as an executive. And so I wanted our child to have home base. To have like a really strong home base, a connected and attached home base. I honestly, I had to pray about the decision, that decision. And Paula, as I was saying before, spending time at San Damiano for me was very pivotal in figuring out that next step for me, whether I was going back to work or whether I was going to stay at home and start a new venture. Um, that time was so well spent for me at a personal retreat there. It really helped me, I think, figure out where I was being led to go. And I guess um, why God had given me these dreams. Mm-hmm. And so I, w- I heard that very clearly and I made the decision and I really haven't looked back. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> well, and it's so interesting. I'm like, I love so much of what you just said, like, you know, before the recent changes, but that you would deny what you know your heart was saying or what God had put on your heart for your, your purpose here, maybe. And that I think there's so much about women wanting to be, or even just some people, I don't know if it's just women, but that like, we want to be pleasers and we want to do what's quote unquote right. But then, so it, sometimes it means we let go of what we really probably are here to do. And so I, I love that, that you were listening all this while and really leaving space for whatever it was that the, what the purpose is and, and where you're meant to go. Um, and just so lovely that you took the time. Cause I think that's the other thing is people feel like they don't have time to go and really get present and, and conscious about what's the purpose. What's the message instead of just, I got to go get the groceries. I right. ain't no, cause that's where we all go. It's like, well, right. there's a, there's a task and we got to get through it and, but slowing down. That's, so that's so true. And you know, that is one of the things that I think, uh, when I speak with women, it's like, well, you know, how do you do that? Or, you know, how do you, because one of the things I talk about a lot is self-care mm-hmm. and you have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we let time kind of escape 
through our hands and like we let it go out around us. It wasn't like something that I decided uh, that morning that I was going to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, it took some planning. It took some coordination to get, you know, almost a day to myself. But it was well worth it. And even if that meant for the next two weeks, I didn't have as much time to myself because I negotiated or whatever this day, whatever it was, because I knew that that would help me. And, you know, maybe some people don't need a day, right? Like some people, you might just need an hour. You never know. Like Like I talk with women about that all the time. It's also figuring out what works for you. But I knew for this big of a decision, I wanted some space as much as I love my son and being a, a mother and spending time with him, I knew that I needed a little bit of time away. And that meant, as I joke, it meant breast, best pump in hand. Um, you know, it, you know, it's like you, you can't get away from the realities of motherhood, but it right. did allow me time for me, some time in nature, some time in stillness, some time in prayer to read my Bible, all of those things that I knew would help me hear what I needed to hear to get clear on my next steps. And so for me, it was, I would do it all over again, Mm -hmm. um, a million times over. And I knew from other key junctures in my life where I made decisions when I took some time to really get quiet, it was so, so helpful. And it's so hard sometimes because my son for audience folk, but (laughs) my son is five So it's not been that long since I was a new mom, but it seems like there's also something in there that when everything changes, you're not really prepared for the immensity of the change until you're in it. And then something about giving yourself permission to be away from the little one for a little while, just to recognize and lovingly say, okay, everything in my life has changed. And then really getting curious about, and so who am I now? Right. And what do I want now? Right. Yeah, that's hard. And I, because I know I've also had some clients that have, have been like, yeah, I feel like my whole life is, and this is when babies are especially tiny new. Like, yes. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where I start and where they end. And it's beautiful and it's overwhelming. <laughs> that's, that's so true. I think that in the beginning, it's really, really important for us as mamas and new mothers to really give ourselves grace mm-hmm. because I feel like especially the first go round when you have no idea mm-hmm. that you're jumping into this ocean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you don't even know what to bring with you. You're not even yeah. like, you know, do I need a raft? Do I need, you know, enough food for a week? Like you have no idea what you need. Um, We just take the leap. And that's the beauty. That's kind of the beauty of motherhood. And that's why I I look up to mothers so much. Mm -hmm. But in the beginning, we were almost designed to be connected. So there is actually a physical element of not of where one of us begins and the other one kind of doesn't end where we are like the same unit for a while. Once I kind of learned that and kind of gave into it a bit, knowing that it's just the moment. That really helped shift my thinking about a lot of it. I can relate because I have, I have women that say all the time, you know, I'm frustrated with this transition. No one told me it was going to take so much of me. <laughs> yes. Like that it was going to change my whole life. Yeah. And 
It does. It does. For people that are pregnant and they come and talk to me, that's the first thing. One of the first things that I say when, when I, when I think that they're prepared to hear that. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of things that we aren't told. So true. And sometimes it might be for the best because, you know, we may not walk down the path. You might be like, wait, 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 this is what I have to give up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to sleep for how long? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But I think it's so key to know that it's just a season. There's so much beauty in those moments. And I know for me, once I had that mind shift, like that change, I then started, (laughs) this is going to sound maybe even weirder, but I then started being a little scared at how fast the moments were going because I knew they wouldn't happen again because I was like, okay, yes, this is tiresome. I was breastfeeding, so it felt like all the time and, you know, it was just. You know, breastfeeding is so full of things for, for all moms, like whether we did or we didn't, whether it was easier, whether it was hard, it's another thing just loaded. It's another loaded motherhood experience. But totally, yeah. But you know, I also recognize that it is temporary. And so in so much as it is temporary, you know, for however long that choice is there, however long you and your child engage in that activity, it's a choice. And so once I started seeing things as temporary and seasonal choices, it helped me to really want to like dig deeper to see the beauty in them and capture them. Yeah, I can totally relate to that because when you can put that, what the kind of the context around the thing, whatever the thing is, like the thing that came to my mind was, was potty training, which That's, you know, that's a big one. <laughs> right. And it can be really frustrating for both the child and the mom and the dad and anybody else in the room. But like it's but it really is just one time when a little person is trying to figure out how to do something. And I think I mean, because we actually had one start and then it didn't happen. And it was seemed like we were getting into this very anxious zone for him. And so oh, we yeah. And we just backed off. Like, there's no reason to make this thing be frightening. Like, we'll get there. And so then kind of many things I've discovered with him, and he's such a great teacher, if you give it space, kind of the answer presents itself. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's so hard to let go and let that happen. But yes. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like surrendering it. Like, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of it. it. I think a lot of things is that we were created to do these things. Yes. And so sometimes we like force things on our own timetable. Like we want them mm-hmm. now. And that's when we encounter the greatest levels of resistance. Right? Yes. <laughs> right. But yeah. like the moment we kind of let things happen, start going with the flow, surrendering to the process. Wow. It gets a lot easier. It yeah. Just, it just does. And I love that you call yourself a guide. That's that's a beautiful It's a beautiful way of thinking of it because I'm I'm assuming you find that mothers know how to be a mother or a mama. And sometimes it's just having somebody alongside and and helping them understand who that is inside of them. Yes. I know there's varying degrees of people who believe that, um, like, we all know how to mother. What I say to that, we know intuitively and innately, and I feel like we are equipped, I feel like we are, you know, equipped by God to know how to mother the child that we are given. And what might look like mothering to me may not look like mothering to you or may not be the experience that you had, but it works uniquely for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
as a guide or an encourager is that I help most by helping mothers unwind what's inside. Meaning like a lot of times we have kind of built a bit of a wall and a cocoon around ourselves and mothering, like we're almost afraid to be vulnerable as mothers. We're almost afraid to go with our, go with what may feel right Mm -hmm. because it may not look right or it may not be what we um, are being told by the women that have gone through the trenches and done it a thousand times. Um, Or we're afraid, like a lot of times we're afraid to just kind of go there, meaning like, be okay with, okay, I tried something and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. I really feel like that's a lot of what it takes to really like mother from within. It's like being okay with doing your best at that moment and being in that space to be vulnerable and being able to shut out some of the shoulds mm-hmm. and really do what feels good to you. Because I, my biggest thing as I learned is that I didn't care. There, I could give you numerous examples where I was like, I didn't care uh, if my mother did it this way or my aunt did it that way. It didn't feel right with me. So if I couldn't sleep at night thinking about choosing that course of action, I just didn't do it. Right. And that made me okay with whatever the effect, the end result was going to be of whatever choice I decided to make because it felt good to me. Right. Um, And it gave me such a sense of freedom to be like, you know what? I'm glad that blesses you. That doesn't bless me. Mm. That's powerful. I love that. And if someone is sitting, listening to that and says, oh, my gosh, yes. What how do they how do they get to that place? Because I could see someone kind of entrenched in either the here's a couple of hot topics that we don't have to dive into. But as examples, (laughs) like. Cry it out is huge. Right. It seems car seats. I never knew. That's a little bit of a when to, you know, rear face versus front face. <laughs> that blew up on a mommy board I saw. Like, what if somebody's saying, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, strangely enough. But if somebody's sitting there listening and saying, yes, yes, I know in my own heart, in my gut, that this thing, either I should cry it out or not, or I should mm-hmm. rear face or I shouldn't. How do they start to tap into that power? What what kind of what kind of guidance do you give mamas on that one? Well, I think the first one is really making sure that you are looking at it in your clearest mind. Mm. You know, sometimes we get triggered by things that have nothing to do with the issue at hand, whatever that is, whether it's car seats, co-sleeping, whatever it is. Yeah. So get clear about that first, like just see, is it like really about the car seat? And then once you, let's say you you figure out, no, it really is about the car seat. Then, <laughs> I, then, you know, then the next step is really listening to yourself. For some of us, that process is um, we hear very clearly. Maybe we'll go and pray, meditate, whatever, and we'll get, we'll be very clear about um, the decision that we want to make for our children. The other thing could be, or another way a lot of us do this, is like we do some research. What would make you feel comfortable about the decision that you're going to make? For some people, it is as simple as being able to follow how they feel about it. And that's a good thing. So then you want to do what you feel like you need to do to make a clear decision. And then you just want to make the decision. (laughs) Yes. 
right? You just want to make the decision and be okay with that decision um, and release it. And, and the reason I say that is like you, that expression, like hindsight is twenty twenty. When we're in the moment, we can only use the best information and our best know-how at that time. And we may later on have information revealed to us that makes us think we would have we would have a new choice. I know that happens a lot um, in another loaded, another <laughs> loaded area, which is like male circumcision, actually. Um, oh, sure. There are yeah. so many mothers that with their first child, maybe their first son, they had them circumcised. And later on, they, they read more. They found out later um, different things and it brought them to a different decision. And maybe they didn't circumcise. Mm-hmm. There, either way, it's, it's all fine. It's all good. You could only make the best decision with where you are at that moment. And so I think it's, I think it's allowing ourselves the freedom to make those choices in the moment and be okay with it and give ourselves grace and patience later to know that we could have made a different choice at a later time. It's okay. Yes. (laughs) I love it so much. Yes, yes, yes. Well, and I think the other interesting thing too that, I mean, I see is it's also okay from a mom perspective. Like if you find out more, I mean, there's some things that this doesn't work for, circumcision being one of them, but you can always change your mind right. like, or change the direction. If, you know, if co-sleeping is working until the child is two, awesome. You might decide at two and one month that you are, this has run its course, and it's okay to make the decision then to say, we need to move the baby, the, the youngster into his or her own bed now. Like, because I think people get right. stuck on that, like, oh, I've made the decision but not again, kind of going back to that, like this isn't this isn't something that just stays the same. It's going to keep changing throughout the course of this person's life. That's so true. Um, we can always make a new choice. Yeah, um, I feel like that is one of the keys to really empowered living, mm. um, you know, in all areas of our life. It doesn't matter today. You know, in your motherhood, you're like, oh, we're only going to be vegetarians. And then tomorrow you decide, you know what? It really makes sense for us to eat some chicken. Yeah. <laughs> we need some protein in a different way. <laughs> we need some different type of protein. Yeah. Um, Tofu, we're done. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then and then a year from now, you're like, you know what? No, I, I think that I've now figured out another way to do vegetarianism. And I'm we're going to go back to it. Yeah. Right? Like, it's all okay. It's all okay. And... You'll feel so much better if you let yourself be free to make different choices mm-hmm. because things that work right now, they may not work in a month or they may not work in a year. And that's okay. We have clothes that, you know, fit now that may not fit in a year for good or, <laughs> for good or bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, this, you know, the same you know, the same shirt or pair of jeans we had 10 years ago, you know, we may not, even if we could fit them, we may not want to wear them now. So it's all about, I think, feeling okay with making new choices for ourselves and our families and the way that we mother. It's really helpful. It's really freeing. Yes, I so agree. I think that's a mindset that takes some getting used to because probably, well, I don't know, I guess I could speak for myself, but lots of times growing up, there were rules and you know, then you get into that mindset of I want to follow the rules and there's right. almost always a right or a wrong or, you know, very clear in one way and there's only one way to do it. And so I think that's it's an interesting mindset to enter into 
around another human because on the other side of it when you're when you're not the child but now you're the parent you see why there's rules <laughs> you right. also see like you have options right um, I think that's a little bit too that we're expected for some reason that's weird like um, I don't I don't know if it's an American phenomenon or not I definitely know it, it is in America where we because we're adults we're expected to know it all and yeah. I feel like the same thing as mothers. You become a mother, you're crowned mother, and now <laughs> you're expected to, to be full of all the answers. All the and motherly knowledge. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, I do believe that, you know, we're not going to be put in situations where we're not going to be equipped with the tools that we need. You know, I, I do believe that. But there's also growth and stretching that occurs throughout this motherhood process. And so we're, in a sense, we're not going to always feel like we know everything. And I think that that's okay. A lot of the pressure I think that come, that it comes down to is that we want to look like we know what we're doing. Look like we know what we're doing. We don't want to look or feel like a bad parent. We know that people are judging us and it's true. People are judging us. I don't want to like, I always tell people, I don't want to like rom- romanticize the fact that like, your people around you are not going to look at you like if you're you allow your ch- child to run around naked like in the neighborhood people are going to look at you right <laughs> yes look at you. um but there's but there's a point when we have to be free from judgment like be delivered from the opinions of other people that's part of the spiritual work i feel like of becoming a mother it's part of, of it's part of how motherhood grows us up as as women Oh, um, yes. And <laughs> as much as our children need structure, they also need realness and authenticity and a, and a mother and a parent that's going to say, you know what? I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't do that so well this time. That's how they learn it. They don't mm-hmm. learn it by us telling them. <laughs> they, right. learn by, they learn it by seeing us do it. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like in the same way that we we want to have it all together, it's okay if we don't have it all together all the time. Yeah. There's a there's a powerful lesson in there too. I'm I'm glad you pointed that out. It because it is really kind of it's modeling a behavior instead of always having be right or wrong or whatever. It's taking the vulnerable stance and modeling a behavior that's powerful and knowing they're gonna see what what mom or dad is up to or you right. know whoever the caregiver is and. And see that this makes a difference because they appreciate someone that's vulnerable with them. Like, hey, I made a mistake. I'm going to admit it. Um, Because I think that's still unusual in a child's life, unfortunately. It is. I think think you're exactly right. It is. I think it's a lot of us didn't grow up with parents that did that. Or not always did it. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, I I didn't. I know I didn't. Um, Yeah. I, I grew up kind of with the parents that were like do as I say not as I do kind of thing so for me it's actually been um, unlearning some of those things and figuring out what I wanted to carry into my own parenting um, and what I wanted to leave behind and that's also work I think is really helpful for us to do as mothers yeah that's really well said what do you find in your in your guidance work what are most or what is the big thing that moms struggle with is there something that stood out for you well, we touched on one of the things, I think, in the beginning, and that is this transition. Yes. Especially, I think, in the first year, a lot of moms struggle with not being in love with this new life that they have mm. and feeling bad that they're not in love with this new life that they have. 
I think navigating these new waters, um, it's like new legs that you're given and you, and, and you, and in a way you didn't ask for them because you didn't know that you were going to need these new legs, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it is an experience. I think motherhood is an experience unlike any, I don't, I feel like we've ever known or, or as a woman. Um, and so it's so unique. Um, there's a lot of people that have letdowns from birth experiences, mm-hmm. you know, plan A didn't go right. Plan B didn't happen. And, plan C what like what like what is plan C so <laughs> yeah we didn't get that in birthing class <laughs> right, exactly. yeah. so we I mean um there's women that are still shell-shocked mm-hmm. from their birth experience and then the whole idea of self-care is really big I think surrounding that are not only the logistics of how do I do it but also feeling good about doing it yeah um, you know, we have, I think our society is built around the idea that, you know, as women, we can do it all, you know, it's now we can do it all and taking time for ourselves can feel selfish and mm-hmm. can feel like you're supposed to sacrifice everything for your child and to be a mother. Yeah. So a lot of mothers struggle with taking that time um, for themselves and feeling okay with it, truly feeling okay with it. And then I feel like the last kind of, of, of grouping is now that I'm a mother, it's kind of like, now what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Really understanding kind of who they are now and kind of opening like new doors. Like, okay, now I'm a mother. Now it means this for me. I think it's like registering where we are fully taking stock of it so that you can go forward instead of like rushing through it. And then ending up like four years later, you're like, wait, I lost myself in motherhood. Wait, wait a second. I don't I don't understand what happened here. So it is kind of deliberately pausing and being reflective. And so I'm really encouraging mothers, um, especially now at the beginning of the year upon us to really stop and pause because it's not too late to to figure out what motherhood means right now for you. Your goals may be for it. Because because that's another whole aspect of it, as well as what you want for yourself outside of motherhood, and just taking a look at all that stuff, being really clear, being really reflective, and then being intentional about your next steps. Because it does take that hand, like the the pairing of both too, of giving yourself permission to take the time to say this is what I want, but then also giving yourself the space to grab it and yeah. take the steps or go to yoga or like whatever the thing is that you know you need. But if there's also gold that I mean that may go hand in hand with now being a mother, you realize something new about yourself that you really want to jump on, like then really just saying, okay, I'm going to do it and not feeling like I can't because I'm a mother. I think that even there's something super interesting about it. It might be that I can now that I'm a mother because <laughs> like, it may have given you something new that you never even realized you had or a new desire to go after something. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I know for me, like, I think having a son now, I feel even more responsible for my dreams. Mm, yes. um, I feel like the whole thing of doing everything kind of for your child and that whole self-sacrificial nature, mm-hmm. in a way, it falls apart. Because for me, when I, when I think about the model that I want to set for my son, or, you know, because I, I don't have a daughter, but you know, I have a son is that I, is I want him to see a woman who goes after her dreams, yeah, who sets goals 
and works to works to get them done, you know, and it's fine if I fail because, mm. we're, you know, we're going to fail at some stuff, right? Like yeah. it's part of, it's part of living. It's part of life. But I feel like I would be doing him an injustice as well as myself if I didn't figure out what I wanted for my life and figure out what I wanted for myself, um, for him, for my, you know, as, as much as I can and, and pursue those things, knowing that I may sometimes miss the mark, but I yeah. tried because that's what I want him to do. Yeah, I love that. And and I feel like just to add on it too, is like one of the things I'm also seeing is I want my son to also understand that, you know, if he decides to marry someone, I want him to look for someone that's got that kind of drive. And like maybe this is somewhat selfish, but I want him to see that women are powerful. You know, like I want him to be okay with that. I don't know what that exactly means, but like there's something in it that I feel like, yeah, I got to follow this because he's got to see it. Right. In, in, he's got to see the possibilities and not, and not just think, and maybe that's a really like 1950s way of thinking. But, like, <laughs> but I want him to see the possibilities in all people, I think is the thing, not just in women. Like I want him to know each of us should follow our dreams and like, and that you should be comfortable with people that have big visions. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I mean, they, they do say like we marry our parents. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's something to what you're saying, Paul. Yeah, yeah. It's totally and we, and I and I hear you because I yeah, I would want my son to pick a wife that, that as much as she wants to be a mother, she also has her own goals and dreams and yeah, I, yeah. That's and like, that she's <laughs> that the people in his life are listening for the spirit and the purpose and like all that kind of yeah. I don't know, that un, the untouchables of like how do you access that? Like, I want, I, I don't know. Maybe it's that I want the whole, his generation to be comfortable with that too. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's get like, that gets like a whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so true. It's so true because we're like dealing more and more with everything being tangible, everything being accessible on the ready, everything being able to, you know, get it in an instant between texting and like, Groceries yes. delivered, Amazon Prime, now it's Amazon oh, Apple, yeah, yeah. you know, everything is now, now, now. So spirit doesn't always work that way, right? No. So we have to leave room for the unseen to become seen. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, it's helping develop that relationship for them as much as you can. And then really it's just a lot of prayer, modeling and prayer, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were kindred spirits, but wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of loving this moment right here of us being like, it's such a change. And I see his generation or both our son's generation just being like, yeah, everything just got super fast. But then I think there's that opportunity for them to like dive deeper into the personal side of things. Like now that you have all this time, what are you going to do with it? And the, the, and the answer is not video games, right? Like, right. 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 And more television. Right. Yeah. So you, let's talk about the mama planner. You recently launched this gorgeous planner. What was the process of that like? And how did you go about getting it printed? Oh my goodness. So let's see. How, like, how do I start with that? Well, <laughs> I think that as you know, as when I was a new mother and I was actually trying to figure out, once I realized that I, what I needed was self-care, because yes. I think there was a part, of t- a part of time when you don't realize, really know what you need. But when I realized that one of the things that I needed 
was self-care and time to myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. The next, the next challenge or hurdle became how do I get it? Mm-hmm. Um, I am blessed to have a husband that travels all the time and um, is very, very busy. Rather than sit around and be upset that I didn't have the, like, the husband that, like, did all this extra help. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or like, um, was, like, Mr. Mom in another form or whatever. I figured I needed to really get practical. And so, you know, he, he understands the concept of a meeting. <laughs> and so I realized that I needed to figure out a way to schedule it so that I could coordinate time him and any other like child care provider that was happening, whether that was a mother-in-law, whether that was a nanny, whatever, I needed a system that would help me do that. And so I kind of, I started looking on the market to see if there was a lot of things out there um, for mothers for planning and then two for self-care. And there, there, re- there really isn't. And I actually was dumbfounded. I couldn't believe it. It's almost as if it's something that we're talking about it, but it's like we're just talking about it to each other. For about literally about eight months, I created my own format um, that I started using and tinkering with. I used and tinkered with this thing for easily six or seven months after yeah. I had, after I began creating it. And I had I would create my little pages. I would stick them in a mole skin. I would draw in the mole skin for yeah over a year. And so finally, as I started talking with even more and more women, the biggest question was, how do I do this? Okay. They're like, okay, you've, you've convinced me I need self-care. <laughs> yeah. You've convinced me that it can be something as small as 15 minutes a day. And it can be. You've convinced me that it can be just changing the way we look at our lives, which is a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But okay, now how do I do it? And that's what made me kind of bring it to the marketplace, if, if so to speak. At the same time, for the past year or so, I had what I would call a gratitude practice. During that time, I really had started taking stock of at least three things that I was grateful for, to thank God for each day, yeah. um, big or small. I mean, small could be today it didn't rain. Or as, or as big as, you know, today, I'm so grateful that, you know, my son said mama, you know, for the first time. I mean, big or small, I, I got my favorite coffee drink, right? Or I got an hour of yoga in today, big or small. I really started keeping track of that. And somewhere along the line, I just started thinking these are the things that really help bring more joy and contentment to my life. And they kind of work hand in hand. Self-care is not just the things that we do for ourselves, even though they are very important. It's also the way that we view our lives and uplift ourselves. And so I found that my gratitude practice, along with my intentional seeking of self-care time, combined to make my life better. And I also was reading uplifting works, and I was scribbling in my notebooks scripture verses or different things like different sayings, affirmations, whatever you want to call them. And so the mama love planner was birthed out of that. Mm -hmm. So it has things where you would put like on your, on your daily or your weekly page, it has an area for your self care to do, to do where you would put down the things that you want to 
try to do that you're going to give your best intention to do for yourself either that day or throughout that week. It also has what I call your daily declaration or if you have the weekly version, because there's two versions, there's a daily version and a weekly version where you would put something that you want to uplift and affirm yourself. So again, that could be a scripture verse. That could be a great saying that you've heard. You know, it could be like, believe in miracles, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> or, or it could be like, do what you love, you know, whatever, whatever uplifts you for that day or that week, you could put that there. And then of course it has all your usual stuff like appointments, sections, you know, and what I call mama do's. Those are your mama mm-hmm. to do's. You have like your do it, do these things first for your like three most important tasks. And then I have additional sections in there for your money and your notes. And then every day there's three lines to list at least three things that you're grateful for. I mean, that is the essence of the Mama Love Planner mm-hmm. is that it's combining, you know, intentional planning with a self-care practice and a gratitude practice in one spot. And I feel like it's what makes it really, really helpful is that you can actually, you have something tangible to look back on. Yes. You know, it's a hard bound book. So it will be a keepsake. I'm a big journaler, as you know, as you probably Mm -hmm. gathered, I love books and I love journals and different things. And so this would be, this is something that will, will stand up for some time and you can put it on your shelf and then go back to it in a year from now. And you're like, wait. Oh, the holidays are tough for me. How did I get through them this year? Oh, Mother's Day. You know, how was I feeling about it last year? Let me, you know, let me pull that out again. I really think that it helps us be reflective, but it also helps us prepare for tomorrow. It also helps us fuel our spirits. So there's a page where two two or three pages where you want to spend time actually writing down your dreams for this year. There's pages for every month. There's what I call a... a brain dump, right? <laughs> and that really helps you to get the things that are out of your head. A lot of people feel overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, all the things that we're carrying around because as mamas, we carry around a lot in our heads. We have a lot going on. And so this act of actually getting it onto paper is so freeing because mm-hmm. once we get it out of our heads and down on a piece of paper, we can actually work with it and do something great with it. So there's there's a lot of pages like that. There's areas for our spirit, mind, and body goals. And I have spirit first because I think that that's <laughs> the anchor. But yeah. spirit, mind, and body goals. And that helps us develop our self-care goals, which we can then move each month throughout the pages. I wanted to give mothers a practical tool because a lot of what I teach and talk about and guide is internal and intrinsic, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And spiritual and uplifting and, and empowerment. And sometimes empowerment can seem non-tangible. And I felt like this is a practical tool that can make some of the intangible become tangible. And it took longer than, of course, you know, this is on the, on the practical side, everything takes double what you think it's going to take. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. And there's always bumps and hurdles and everything. So I'm just excited that it's here. Yeah. Um, and that there are people that see the vision of it and believed in it. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it looks really cool. And I love, I I mean, even when you're talking through it, but seeing the picture and I'll link up to all this, of course, but I often have so much in my head that I can get overwhelmed and I think I have to do it all. So I love that you called out like the top three things you have to do today because then those are doable. Like you could check those off pretty fast and then, you know, the next set of stuff 
that when I get through the top three, I can do these things too. They're not right. forgotten. Yeah. I love no, it. it's true because there's so much that we're trying to do, but then there's really like only so much we can do. And if we could just narrow that down to a couple of things each day, we'll feel, we'll feel a lot better about our days. Yes. Yes. So true. Uh, yeah, it looks awesome. I was really impressed when I checked it out online. So, and it's the perfect time to go get one. Yes, yes, <laughs> if it speaks to you. Yes, if it speaks, if it resonates with you, go get it. Yeah, it looks, it looks gorgeous. And a lovely self-care option. Exactly. Get yourself something after the holiday. I say it's the self-care gift that you can give yourself and others. I love that. That is perfect. Yeah. Is there... Uh, is there anything else that you're working on? I see you've got a bunch of like both like maybe e-courses and topics that you're working on for the coming year. Do you want to talk about some of those? Sure. I think one of the biggest things that I am getting ready to do is a self-care probably webinar and e-course. Those are in the works for 2016. I'm also opening myself up again to working with a couple more women or mamas this year. So, I, so <laughs> I'm really excited to do more Mama Joy, Mama Joy sessions this year. So thank you. I can't believe, I mean, I feel like we've just started. I know. <laughs> you and I are going to have to talk again. Definitely. This has been so awesome. I know. I feel like there's so much synchronicity and just it's a joy to, I, I don't know. It's amazing that we kind of met through the encourage groups and it's just funny that we're you know kind of still parallel path in a way so it's a joy to to know you so thank oh, you Brooks, me, too. me too thank you so much for thinking of me of really, course really i'm really feeling thankful to having <laughs> this call today i know it's joyful and wonderful um what would you say if there's someone who's listening and they have a dream on their heart, what would be, what would be your advice to bring that dream into action? Wow. I would say like the first one is believe in it and trust in it. Really believe that God gave you that dream for a reason. Oh, he gave, he gave it to us for a reason. I say this a lot <laughs> that, you know, we are divinely created and inspired. And so Knowing that the dream that you have is so incredibly important. I think once we believe in our dreams, I really feel like that's the first true step. Um, because once you believe in them and you know that the dream has power, then it becomes so much easier to start taking the first steps. And the first steps, I think, are like, I always believe in writing things down, writing your dream out, flesh it out. What would it look like to live that dream um, write it, I mean, write it as full, write it in like technicolor, you know, <laughs> put yourself in that space of seeing your dream come true, right? And seeing it come full vision, like full out. And then I think, um, I'm, I'm a spiritual person, so I'll, I, you know, I want to, I want to do it God's way. So I, I, I always pray about it. Um, and you can do whatever works for you, but bring spirit into it. Um, because when spirit's in it, it becomes bigger and better and fuller and richer than you could ever imagine. So I would invite you to try that and see where it goes and just take the practical steps of putting one foot in front of the, in front of the other. Know that it may not happen all in one fell swoop, but it will by taking one step each day towards it. Yeah. And being patient and full of grace for yourself. Mm. 
because it's a process. It's a process. Like the beauty of like having a goal and having dreams is the process of getting to it. It's not just the achievement of it. And so getting okay with being where you are in your path to that um, goal and that dream. I mean, there's definitely so much more to that, but I think that those are some of the big things that you can do to bring your dream into action. But prayer, prayer, and more prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then my last question, what are three ways you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? The first thing is to figure out what makes you happy. Figure out, um, I think, as you know, Paula, one of your great questions in the beginning was, what were your early sparks of joy? Mm-hmm. So I think when you think about it is um, figure out what are your sparks of joy. Get really still and quiet with yourself and figure out what those are. And then gratitude. I mm-hmm. really feel like gratitude is one of the best spiritual practices God has given us. I really, really believe that. Because when we're thankful for what we have, we leave, we leave room for more. We become way more content and joyful. Content and joy go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And then I would say the third thing is give. Give. Find a way to give or be of service. When we share ourselves and our spirit with other people, you'll be amazed at how much joy that you give. And I think that we were all put here so that we're all put here with purposes and dreams so that we can be of service and can give to other people in the world around us. And when we do those things, when we become givers, when we become, you know, whatever that looks like, right? Um, it could be volunteering. It could be something you try in your, in your mother circle. It could be whatever. But find a way to give. Find a way to give. And I, I, honest, I honestly believe it will bring you joy. I love it. And I agree. <laughs> that is a wonderful list. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brooke Sydney. It's been a total joy to have you here. And uh, to have your wisdom on the show, it's just been a real blessing. So thank you. Thanks so much. I've enjoyed it. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. And Brooke Sydney, thank you so much for sharing all of this great information and just being, for just being you. It was such a joy to have you on the show. If you guys want to go back and check out um, the show notes, it's at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash Jackson. And if you want to connect with Brooke Sydney, she is at bellaamthebabe.com. I am so excited for next week, you guys, to continue the planning and New Year's fun. Um, I have Marla Silly, yes, the fly lady on the show. <laughs> the interview is so awesome, and I honestly believe that it will be a, my first two-part interview series because there was so much goodness shared and... She is going to teach you all about finally loving yourself. And her journey started on January 1st uh, with Shining Her Sink. So I encourage you to come on back next week and get the full scoop on how to change your mindset and clean your home. And until then, I hope that your new year is filled with so much joy.